Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little odd. This is the did like a halloween themed quiz mm. um so i've been i've been evading all these kind of zoom quizzes that have been so popular during lockdown because mm. i just associate zoom with work you know i don't want to i just don't want to engage anyway but it was pretty good it was all like yeah halloween themes and mark was all dressed dressed up okay. he was he was like the quiz master you know he loves a bit of the drama yeah absolutely that's <laughs> <laughs> great yeah um, we did a um we did an atmosphere night at dan's uh if anyone remembers the board game from the 90s um and yeah mark dressed up as the uh what, the gatekeeper was it the gate not gatekeeper, yeah, it was Ghostbusters. gatekeeper. is it gatekeeper all right it was great um, oh, God, yeah that was, that was really good that was really funny because <laughs> he instead of having the gatekeeper video he basically went through and learned the script 
And so he and knew right. exactly At the exact what time to do. And then he threw in some extra stuff as well. And he turned up, didn't he turn up and like say, oh, I'm sorry, everyone, I've got to go to the toilet. <laughs> we were like, why is he taking so long? Is he okay? And he came down just like all dressed as the gatekeeper. Yeah, that was really um, impressive. I was so <laughs> stoked when he walked in like that. Um, but yeah, I, did, I missed out that crucial bit, which is the fact that he actually was the game. <laughs> Basically, he was that, the VHS Um of it, yeah, that's really cool. I remember that. That's that's really nice. Um, I guess you didn't do. Anything, yeah, I didn't do anything you? like that. <laughs> I went. Uh, me and the girls went um, trick or treating, but it's a different kind of trick or treating because obviously you can't knock on the doors. Well, you can, but like some people have sweets outside or whatever. But basically, we did a thing where it's like if you spot a pumpkin, um, then you get sweet. And I'm just carrying a bag of sweets with me, and I'll just put it in their little bucket. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, Is that your and idea? they liked. Uh, no, well, it tests. Um, my wife uh, um, said we're doing it. That's <laughs> a nice idea. Her idea. She found it out from somewhere. It's like a like a spin on a drinking game. It is, yeah, a bit. Um, and we did some pumpkin uh, carving. We went to a pumpkin farm and chose the pumpkins, and then did some carving. Oh, awesome! Uh, yeah, I should show you them. Actually, you'd you'd like them um, because uh, yeah, I've only done it once before, and not properly. But this time, I was like. Yeah, I'm going to like try and do something cool. Um, so I did one and then uh, my littlest one did one, but she just basically scribbled on the pumpkin. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll just do it another one and just say that it's hers. And I'll do it a bit different. And then um, my eldest drew like an eyes and mouth and a teeth. And it is fucking horrifying. <laughs> it's really Because <laughs> I was like, okay, so you've got, it's like, this is its teeth, and this is mouth and its eyes. But she's drawn like around it. So like so she would do like a circle and then do like a bigger circle around it. So I was like, okay, well I'll cut the inner circle out as the eyes, and then I'll like kind of cut the skin off the pumpkin around it. So it's like got this like layered effect. And then it literally looks like fucking leatherface or something. <laughs> or like a gaping fucking asshole or something like that. It's really it's really fucking freaky, especially when you put a light inside it. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, I had to throw those away this morning because so they've gone all mank. Um We'd had them for a while. What was your one? Uh, my one was just, it was just a normal pumpkin, but I took the, um, I took like part of the uh, like skin or whatever out um, and then chopped that up and then made those into teeth and popped them in with toothpicks. So they all looked really fucking edgy and weird. Like the teeth didn't quite fit, um, like a shark or something. Cool. Um, yeah, which is pretty cool, which had, which is quite a cool effect. Um, I did one last year. I'll send you a picture of what I did last year. We can... Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I hadn't. um, This was like my first proper time, so I was just like, "Well, just do whatever." But I I can understand why people get, you know, a bit obsessed with it because it's it's actually not as difficult as I thought it would be. Yeah, and I think it's like what what they say, like quick, um, easy to do, difficult to master, whatever. Like, I imagine there's some people out there that can really go to town with these things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's basically my my Halloween. I, I did watch a bit of actually, I did do a bit of Halloweeny, but it was just so late. But I watched a bit of this Netflix film called um, His House. Have you heard of it? No, no, I literally hadn't heard of it. It just popped up when I went on Netflix, and basically, it's a British thing. Um, and it's about these uh, two immigrants who are given a house basically to live in, um, finding asylum. I should say, sorry, refugees. Um, uh, whatever and um yeah but the house is all there's all like this weird stuff going on in the walls 
Um, and then, yeah, I just got too tired halfway through and I was like, I have to switch it off. But it was like, there was weird shit going on in the background and stuff. And I was like, this is cool. And I want to like pay attention to it because now it's all starting to like ramp up a bit. Um, so yeah, I'd be intrigued if anyone else actually um, has watched it and what they thought. Uh, but yeah, I've got to finish that because that wasn't, that wasn't too bad. I quite like that. Um, that's something I watched, I suppose, that was horror based. What about you? Did you watch anything? Yeah, I watched um, one horror film, Black Sabbath. Do you know it? Mm. Mario Barber. Yeah, we talked about it. We talked about it the other day, didn't we? Did we? Did we? That was where she has the devil mask and she's the witch. Is that another one? No. The Italian one. That's Black Sunday. Oh, yeah. So he did, and I think that's an earlier one. So this is from 1963. Right. Um, So it's in colour and it's a little bit kind of kitschy and kind of fun. It's one of these like horror anthologies. So it's actually three 30 minute stories. Um, right. Uh, Boris Karloff's in one of them. Okay. And he also does like a um, a prologue and an epilogue that are quite, yeah, they're quite kind of like fun and campy. And actually, the one at the end, he's like, he's in all his um, uh, makeup and stuff. stuff. And, yeah. and they like pull away. And you can see it's from a scene where he was on a horse and he's just, it's like a mechanical horse. And like, you can see the cameramen and like, um, there's people walking round and round with these like bushes as if he's like riding through the wind. And he just does like a, you know, like, ha ha ha, you know, stay safe, uh, everyone kind of thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was, it was quite surprising for like uh, Mario Bava. Like I said, it's kind of campy, but it was, it was good fun. And one of them was, one of them was terrible, really boring. The two of them were quite, yeah, it's a quite, quite, Quite cool. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. I do love, um, yeah, those kind of like short story things. Quite cool. Yeah. They were a little bit, but the second one was good. The Wardlack. The mm-hmm. Wardlack. Good, good word. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that, right? <laughs> um, um, what other what films? Else did you? Oh, go on. Go on. You go should we go first. through, should we do movies and TV? Then music, then gaming. Okay. Well, I guess like um, movie-wise, I that's the only thing I saw. And I haven't even really watched that, apart from children's films, which I'm not going to go into. <laughs> um, yeah, TV-wise, I saw um, the first episode in the new series of The Mandalorian, the Star Wars thing on Disney Plus came out. Um, I haven't seen and it. Now, it's, I really like, so the first, first episode of when it first came out, I was like, oh, it's a Western. They've done a um, they've done a Western, basically, in Star Wars. And Star Wars always had, like, kind of Western vibe about it, to a degree, anyway. But this is pure, like, they've got, um, like, a Boba Fett character, Mandalorian, so a guy with a helmet. Yeah. Who is, yeah, bounty hunter. And he's just, like, riding from one town to another. Um, but the whole series does have an arc. So there is, like an actual like overall mission or whatever that he's doing. But each one is its own little standalone story with like its own characters, its own mini arc, its own thing. And um, yeah, the first one was like, this is really good. And then the second one was awful. It was really dire. And I was like, oh, here we go. It's shit. So they just did a filler episode and it's fucking awful. And then the rest of them, I was like, fuck, this is really good. Actually, I really like it. It's the best thing that Star Wars has done. Yeah, since Return of the Jedi, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, I've, and I do actually think, I mean that, um, not that I'm a massive fan of Return of the Jedi, but I didn't really like the new Star Wars films. I didn't like the prequels, obviously. No. Um, 
So this is the first time I've watched something and it's felt like fresh, new, and it's all the stuff of Star Wars that I like. Like everything's like shitty and like run down. And it's like, and it's not all like epic. It's not like these huge, like everything, like the stakes are so high immediately every time. And there's like, you know, they kind of do a bit of lightsaber stuff, but there's not really any lightsaber stuff or force stuff really in it. Like there's a bit of it, but not really. And, and yeah, so this was the first episode of the second series. Um, and it was another great standalone episode. He like goes to a town and there's a big monster, like a fucking huge, like kind of Shadow of the Colossus style actually. That's huge, but like even bigger, um, like worm thing in a cave. And uh they have to work with the sand people, if you remember them from yes. the first Star Wars film. Yeah. <laughs> and all that stuff. Tungan um, sand raiders. Oh, mate, yes. Tuscan, Tuscan sand raiders. That's right, yeah. So they have to work with, so this town has to work with them, who've been like killing each other for ages, with the Mandalorian to kind of destroy this like huge worm. Sorry, what's the Mandalorian? The Mandalorian is the... Boba Fett character. That's his like race or whatever. Uh, okay. His people are called Mandalorians. Gotcha. Um, and they're like rare. They're like a rare um, people. And um, yeah, and that's basically the first episode of the second series. It's just them trying to like kill this monster. Um, Sounds pretty good. Yeah. The, the kind of point of it is that he's there. He's on Tatooine, like trying to find another Mandalorian. And you're like, oh, okay. So, that, so if it's part of the bigger story, so it still kind of works. It's still a reason why he's there and um yeah i don't i don't want to give anything away but there was like a huge reveal at the end to do with the original star wars film where i was like fuck uh trilogy i should say anyway i was like fuck that's cool i was like is it cool and i was like if any other like the way that rise of skywalker brought um the emperor back which is terrible but i'm like okay i trust mandalorian can kind of do these things well without it being too hokey um so that'd be really interesting and um have you ever seen mm. the planet of the apes tv series no um I, well you know what i think i did like literally on tv um a very yeah. very long time because i remember it, it was on like was it on channel four like late at night or something like that no, i used to put it on a sunday tea like lunchtime because right. i okay. remember seeing it then so it would have been like the mid 90s repeats Right, yeah. So I vaguely, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of switch. Yeah. And you might watch five minutes and switch off. So I never really watched a full episode, but I do vaguely remember it. Because I watched it last year. I don't know if we've spoken about it, but I'm just thinking, um, mm. similar in a way, how they they adapted it. It sounds like like they've got a kind of a mission statement, the characters, mm. and then it's just very episodic. Mm-hmm. So it's like this episode, we go to this village and they're having a a, a problem with, uh, you know, sometimes it's like they've got scurvy, but they don't know what it is because they're all really primitive. Or yeah. or the, like, local, like, ape warlord is, like, giving them trouble and they're, like, they sort it out with their, with their like, superior knowledge of science and yeah. they move on but, to the next town. Yeah, and that's what I like about, you know, like, X-Files. That's always the best episodes, right? The Monster of the Week kind of things. And it's weird because I feel like a lot of TV series have stepped away from that to do these, like, huge stories that that are multiple chapters but it's all the same story and i'm like yeah i just kind of want standalone Mm. episodes sometimes i just want you know and they've done it in a really perfect way where like they are still serving up the main story and keeping you hooked and interested whilst being able to do these like really interesting engaging mini stories with cool new characters 
cool new Star Wars stuff in a franchise, which is basically fucking beaten with a <laughs> dead stick or whatever, like yeah. <laughs> um, being a dead horse. Uh, but it's true, it's like creatively dead, essentially, but they're like able to kind of really ring out some uh, good stuff in it. So yeah, I do recommend it. It's the only good thing on Disney Plus that's not like 100 years old. Um, Did you so, not like yeah. Rogue One? Um, yes, I liked Rogue One at the time when I watched it back, I've watched it twice since I saw it in cinema, so three times. And each time I hate it a bit more. (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) um, they're doing a spinoff on the, um, uh, God, the Mexican guy, I can't remember his name. Um, I mean, well, the hero basically of the Rogue One that, um, uh, is in it. I was trying not to give anything away. Anyway, um, he's, he was in eating Mama Tambien. I always think about that. And probably no one has ever watched that film for about 20 years. And, uh, yeah, I liked Rogue One just because it was like its own thing. Again, didn't mind that. Yeah. I liked the idea. It was like, you know, getting the, it's a very easy story beat that is actually interesting and that fits into the universe rather than trying to shoehorn it in. Um, and yeah, there were some real bits of it that I liked, but yeah, the more I watched it afterwards, the more I kind of disliked it. And I think because it's actually a fairly weak story really, and it's actually fairly weak characters as well. Um, and they're trying to be like, here's like this bunch of misfits put together and it's like, yeah, I see what you're trying to do, but it's just been executed. Not that well. Mm. Um, and yeah, and uh-huh. it's but that is the only one of the new Star Wars films that I've actually liked. Yeah, I, I liked it. I've, I only watched it once. I haven't watched it again. I I, mm. thought, I thought I thought yeah, that's not awful. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't it, it doesn't besmirch the legacy in the no. way all the other films I think have mm. all the other prequels and sequels I've mm. seen. I, I think yeah, the good stuff the good stuff for me in it was the fact that. At the beginning, when um, that guy who works for the Rebellion shoots his mate so he can't get captured, I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, the Rebellion is, like, not necessarily good guys. It's, like, kind of this, like, terrorist unit or something like that. Like, you know, that's not not got these, like... They're not the good guys, basically, currently, at this moment in time. I liked that. I liked the idea that they... Mads Mikkelsen that everyone bangs on about how it's like, why in this massive Death Star would they have like this just one point to shoot it at it and it explodes on Death Star and they've kind of retrofitted the story that the guy made it as a purposeful design flaw. I was like, I like that and I can believe it. <laughs> that kind of justifies why it happens. And then also the main bad guy, the Australian guy, I can't remember his name, uh, but he's in the white outfit. He's the main bad guy throughout the whole thing. who's not Peter Cushing's or whatever, um, or Darth Vader, obviously. <laughs> Uh, he's really good. Like I like him and everything he does. He's really good at playing a bad guy. And um, yeah, so all those little bits. And to be honest, like I thought the end sequence of it being in like like Hawaii or whatever, like this kind of tropical setting with the bright blue sea and the sandy beaches. Oh, I can't remember that at all. Yeah, I was just like, that's Hawaii. a bit different. It's a bit different. That's cool. But um, yeah, just, yeah. Like if you, I'd, I'd say if you watched it again, I don't think you would, like it as much as you probably did first time around put it that way fair enough doesn't yeah. grow on you um you mentioned the x-files uh, mm. a few months ago i started re-watching these 
Mm. So I've continued. I'm watching like a good few episodes a week. Bloody hell. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of them out there. What What are you actually up to? I'm in the Which middle is? of series four. You're, so, in a, you're in a good good spot. Yeah, I've just watched the two-parter Tempest Fugit and Max. And if you oh, remember... From, yeah, I know the names. Remind me what happens in them. You've got that character from the first series, Max Fennig, who's like a multiple-time abductee. And he kind of yes. runs a bit of a kind of like a, you know, network. He's like really nerdy. Yeah. Um, he's on a plane and it gets intercepted mid-flight. He just disappears or something, is that right? Well, no, they find his body. Yeah. And then there's a big conspiracy around. And that, that happens at the beginning of the episode, so that's not a spoiler. Um, yeah. Then there's this conspiracy like around, it seems the government shot the plane down. And then it turns out there's a third aircraft. Um, and yeah, one of them's an alien aircraft and that's been shot down and Mulder's got to try and find it. And right. It turns no, out... I don't think I remember what this one... Max was coming to see Mulder and they think he had something, something to prove the existence of alien life. And right. So it's, it's a good conspiracy kind of two-parter. Yeah, and it was it was great. I'm, I'm loving it at the moment. And mm. it's still at that point where it feels like everything... Um, Everything's vague enough that it's still, yeah, mysterious. But yeah, you still have faith and hope that it's all going to come together into a coherent piece of storytelling. <laughs> did you, um, so have you watched any, okay, so did you watch the end of the original series? Uh, sorry, when I say the original series, I mean the like original run, like series nine. Do you remember the the ending of the whole thing? I do because I rewatched them all about four years ago. Okay, right. So you know that you remember the cave and all this yeah. stuff. Oh my god! Right. Okay. Great. So, have you watched any of the new ones since then? All of them, I think. Fuck. So, like, I've watched the first series, which had Joel McHale, whatever his name is, and I couldn't get. I literally couldn't get through it. That it. I was just like, I don't even know. Like, what is happening? Oh, it's like, rough. It's, it's so shoddily put together. It's rough. It's, it's weird that it's even by the same people. There are and a few I, standalone episodes that are quite good, though. You know, I can't remember them. I won't remember them. Thinking about what we just said, you might enjoy a few of them. They're, they're pretty good. But they've got so tied up in knots over their like, mythology stuff. Mm. And they've retconned so much stuff. It's just difficult to let yourself go and enjoy it. Yeah, well, that was it. I remember like that last scene where like Scully's dragging Mulder out of a car. Oh no, it was terrible. That and I was just was like, so this, bad. Is, "This is my maybe one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> and then I saw that they've done more, but I was just like, "I don't think I could watch it." And if you told like sixteen-year-old Sam that there would be like X Files series out there, <laughs> and I just can't be bothered to watch oh, yeah. it, he, he would have ripped my face off with his. Long, uh, creepy fingernails. Ridiculous. What other TV slash film stuff are you watching? I watched an amazing film. Um, have you heard of it? Seance on a Wet Afternoon. No. This, it was Porn. so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't believe this isn't a classic of British cinema. Well, it is a classic of British cinema, but it's just maybe not all that well known but I think it's like highly respected uh, I think um, I saw it like in the BFI's list or something it's from 1964 right. and it was brilliant 
so brilliantly filmed and acted. The acting was incredible. Um, and it starts, I think you'd love this film. So I'm just going to give mm-hmm. you a little bit, but I'm not going to tell you everything. Okay. It starts with this couple and one of them's played by Richard Attenborough. Right. Um, and they're having this conversation and it's quite a slow start. There's about 15 minutes of them in their house talking mm. and you're like, this is very ponderous. Where's it all going? Um, but it establishes that she is authoritative in the relationship and this guy's a bit, he reminded me of the, the husband in uh, Keeping Up Appearances. No, no, yeah. <laughs> it's just really henpecked. Yes, yeah. like, Yes, darling. Yes, dear. Um, <laughs> and she's basically going on about this this bedroom and the bed, and no one's no one slept in the bed since um, since Arthur. Right. And he's like, "Oh, I slept in it. Oh, you didn't tell me that. It's, no one should sleep in this bed. It's Arthur's bed." So you're like, "You infer they've had a child who's died." Yeah. Um, and then there's all this stuff about like, "Oh, it, what, what would it be like if you woke up in this room? What would you think of it?" And he's like, "Oh, I think it was a hospital." And she's like, oh, fantastic. And so what is going on here? It's really strange. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And then basically, and they're, they're speaking obliquely about some kind of plan. Um, and what happens is he goes out and he kidnaps a girl. And they basically hold her for ransom. Right. And so they tell her that she's sick and that she's woken up in hospital. Right. Um, and she's a medium. Who is the this, child? The woman. Main woman. Okay. Yeah, and she kind of like, she she confers with the dead through the spirit of this like dead son, right. Arthur. Um, but that side of it's not really too heavily explored. It's more this, it's this kind of like thriller and, um, you know, he's really concerned and, and the child starts getting sick and he's really concerned. And then it takes this big horrible turn where she's going... Oh, Arthur's told me it's all going to be okay. And um, actually, he'd like it if she stayed and she should um, join him. Oh, God. So she yeah. starts like going, will he, will he do it for us? Will he do it? Will he kill her for us? Um, it was uh, yeah, really just like amazing, gripping, psychological thriller. Um, and apparently, and it's like really, really well reviewed at the time, but it was a massive commercial failure. Oh, and like, fuck. if you look it up on Wikipedia, it's like the last line is, this film was responsible for the collapse of United Alliance Distribution Company or something. Shit. <laughs> wow. God, what a fucking bummer if you made such an amazing movie. Yeah. Which absolutely flops. I mean, I know there's been like, you know, loads of films that are famous now that flopped at the time. But if it, you know, flops and stays a flop, basically, yeah. <laughs> no one ever hears about it. I have to check that out. What's it called? Seance on a Wet Afternoon? Exactly, Yes. I'll check it out then. I say it sounds like the kind of thing I might be able to get my wife to maybe watch because it's a bit old, so she might think it's uh, I might be able to somehow get it under the radar. Um, um, the cool. other thing I've been waiting to talk to you about this. I've been excited. Mm. Mm. Would you believe I watched all of Look and Read through the Dragon's Eye? Look and Read through the Dragon's Eye. I only meant to watch one episode. I just wanted a little hit of nostalgia. And then it also played the second one. And then I was hooked. And I watched the whole thing. <laughs> it's, what is it? To the Dragon's Eye. I'm just Googling it at the same time. Look and Read is a long-running series in Britain, I think since the 60s. Oh, my God. 
and look and read. It's basically to get young children uh, to... It promotes reading and literacy, but it's like TV programs. And in 1989, they do different series. In 1989, they had a 10-part series called Through the Dragon's Eye. Yeah. And we watched it, Sam. We watched it at school. Yeah, I used to look forward to it. We would always watch... They wheel out the big telly on wheels. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> and it'd be like, and honestly, at the end of the, th- the first episode, if this is meant to be educational, all I'd learned was how to spell Gorwin, um, Pelamar, <laughs> and Vitacor. I was like, this isn't educational. This is just this is just great. This is just fun. I must have loved it at school. It's like the shittest Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's actually it's pretty dra- well written, the dragon. But look at the, look at the villain. He is absolutely terrifying. I, you know what? I'm getting some really weird, deep, dark memories from these multicolored guys. Yes, like that sticks out in my head. The book of the Vita Core. Um, who's the main? Are they the main bad guys? No, the bad guys called Charm. I don't think so if you can find Charm, a picture yeah. of Charm, who are they? They are the keepers of the Vita Core. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's um, this evil guy's name? Charn, C-H-A-R-N. Seriously, this guy. I can't believe they put this in a program for like seven-year-olds. Trying to find, trying to find a... Of him. While we're doing it, would you like to hear a rendition of the theme music, which is sure. excellent? Yeah. North to south, east to west, the quest to save the fate of Palomar goes far. Fly bravely <laughs> through the dragon's eye and fly. God, all right, yeah, that's enough. So does he bring anything back to you? (laughs) No. no. This guy, I don't remember this guy. It's evil guy. He's the guy that looks like he's from the plague or whatever. One of the doctors in the plague. He's got like all exposed like ribs and and sternum. Yeah, that's a bit nasty, isn't it? He's quite sick. It's quite, and he's genuinely scary when he appears. 
Yeah, looking um, at him. Yeah, mate. I don't. I I remember these um, people with different colours. I don't remember this guy. I just had the vaguest memory, and I I watched this, and it was all coming back, and it was such a lovely, warm, fuzzy feeling. (laughs) Yeah, there's so there's. I see there's like um, there's some weird. (laughs) Basically, it looks like a fucking nipple or something with (laughs) arms out the side and letters on it. And I remember that. So that's I don't know who he is. Oh, he's a look that and read thing. mascot. Yeah. Or something. That thing. Yeah. So I remember that thing. Yeah, look God, and read. It was like sometimes it was just it was a bit of everything. It'd be like animations about how to spell. And then sometimes they'd go devote, yeah, a whole ten week run to a specific story like this. And after this, I don't know if you remember, there was Geordie Racer, which was really boring. Because he went from this, like children going through a magical mural to the fantasy world of Pelamar to yeah. defeat evil, to a series about some like, like working class kid working on an estate flying pigeons. <laughs> That's not exciting. I don't know. It depends how much you like pigeons. Geordie Racer. Yeah. Not, not so much. Um... Okay, well, that's something else you've been watching. Have you, have you, what, do you watch anything else? Um, that's exhausted all my watching, I think. Mm. As I said, the other, the other stuff I watched, I started watching um, Umbrella Academy. I think I might have spoken to you about this before, but I, I watched another Things episode of it. Yeah, it's um, on Netflix as well. And it's pretty bad. <laughs> so I'm not going to talk about it too much. It's basically a bunch of these, like, superhero kids, yawn, who have got older, um, and, like... There's different things going on, but they're trying to make it that the main storyline is the world is going to end in like five days, but no one really seems that bothered about it. Everyone's just kind of doing their own personal thing. It's it's not very good. It's awful. Um, the Alienist, I watched the first episode of that, which is set in like, um, I don't know, like Victorian Britain or whatever, and um, or way back, or Jack the Ripper times basically, and there's a serial killer um, on the loose yeah. and that's pretty good it's got um what's his name daniel brewer and uh oh, that's the worst sounds like guy. a dessert no he's really good you'd you'd, you'd recognize his face and the welsh guy oh god i can't remember he was dracula in um the latest dracula film which is awful he's um oh, he's, he's the i can only guy. think of one welsh actor is it tim Richard Burton, not Tim Burton, Richard Burton. Tim Burton. No, no, and that's that's been it. So the one thing, also the other thing, and it's kind of, it'll be relevant to when we do our episode, which people hear about this week. So I watched that um, Tears for Fears um, iPlayer BBC thing Uh uh, on Songs in the Big Chair. I didn't watch watch it. it. I did not. It's really good. And there's some stuff from there, which I'll say in the episode. Um, and but yeah just as a general thing well (laughs) you know they have like typical contributors whatever talking about stuff um if you ever wondered what the singer of disturbed thinks about tears for fears then you found the right program (laughs) such a weird choice (laughs) um but to be fair he's he's, he's, you know very articulate about it um what was their big hit are they the bodies people get down with the sickness oh Who does um? Who does bodies? Do you know? Let the bodies hit. Yeah, that's the same people. Oh, Let great, the yeah. bodies hit the 
Love those guys. <laughs> yeah, Tears of Fears written all over it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's one cool thing, which is they'd speak to the producers who are in the studio yeah. and they are talking about, um, they're like, they've got their, the, um, stems and all this stuff in front of them and they're playing around with it going like this is this bit and this is the bit that we put here and actually here's a little bit which we didn't use and i'm like fuck this is like gold this is great and um they've got loads of bits like that which is really worth watching i think literally you've got like two days left to watch it okay um sort it out yeah check it out have you seen Um, the nevermind one no because this is a series and it's the same they always get the producer and they sit down and they yeah, they they go through all of everything, so it's like amazing. So I've um, seen Butch Fig go through the stems and talk about it. It's so probably from it's probably that. from that, yeah, um, which makes sense. But yeah, this was this was good. It was good to like see, you know, Kurt and Roland, um, who are like pretty old now. Like Roland looks really old, but like really sophisticated old. Um, Tops of talking, this. just talking about it, and just being like, you know, there's a point. It, like during um, the interview, he's like saying. Um, you know, memories fade. For instance, he's like, I was like eighteen when I wrote that, and he's like, I sing that like now, and it still like hits me every time. Like I just think, you know, pat myself on the back for like huh. being able to like write this stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, we'll talk about it. When we talk about the hurting, but it's like fucking hell. Like yeah, you forget they're like eighteen to they released it when they were like twenty one or something like that twenty one, twenty two. So um, you know, that's amazing. They're able to write like that yep. at their young age. And I think like, even now listening to it, I forget that. I think cause it just sounds like such a mature sound anyway. And especially if it probably did, you know, dealing with such mature topics and themes that are in a more of an intellectual way. It doesn't sound like some 18 year old <laughs> fucking yeah. skiv. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that was really good. It's a good watch. I recommend you check it out. Yeah, but what's good out. about it, sorry, is that they, they, discuss the hurting and the hurting years um, before going into songs from the big chair. So it's not just about big chair. It's actually about um, a bit more. Uh, so you can, to it. you can feel us in. Yeah. Or something mm. like that. Yeah. I can feel you on some of that. Top yeah. Trev. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so watch that. Um, and then in terms of, I talk about gaming for a little bit. Um, uh, I played, I finished actually the, Batman Telltale game, um, which this is the second series. It's called like The Evil Within or something. Um, I think you it, spoke it was, about this last time. Is this yeah, the one where it's a bit sort of like reimagined? Yeah. Um, and I think I was about two fifths through it. Last, there's five chapters. I think, yeah, I was on a chapter two or whatever, but yeah, I've completed it now. I've done it all. And it was good. It's basically like how you and the, how the Joker kind of becomes this version of the Joker. Um, and there's one bit where like, he basically <laughs> wants to be like, well, depending on what you choose, it's not really a spoiler because it could go either way. He wants to be like a superhero in my one. So he's got like all these like Batman gadgets, but as the Joker, so they're all like weird and like fucked up and like, obviously like clown cartoony circusy ish. Yeah which is um, really cool. I really liked the aspect of it. But yeah, what was um, what's pretty cool, again, is that um, they've done it where Harley... Because you think of Harley Quinn uh, as being this, like, you know, babe for, like, jo- who drools over Joker and does what he wants, all this stuff. That's her typical character. When it's a complete role reversal in this, she is, like, 
the leader of the pack. She is the one like Joker's drooling all over her and she's just got complete control over him. Um, yeah, strong, independent, et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, which kind of makes sense. She's like, like, I have a degree, like I'm a doctor. Like, <laughs> I'm not stupid. I'm not just some bimbo. Um, and I guess like from the original stories, it kind of point of it was that she's turned from this hyper-intelligent woman to this like ditzy blonde. And that's part of her like, having gone fucking nuts basically it's just complete like reversal of um her personality whereas in this it kind of matches up a bit more and they talk about like she's got history with her dad but whatever and all this but it's just quite cool having that kind of different aspect of it and they've got um like alfred is a bit more less of a like butler and more like in a dad role um which is quite cool, like being a bit more tough talking with him, um, with Bruce and all this stuff. Um, what did you have that, to do yeah. to win this game? You don't win it. It's just a story. You don't, uh, win, it. You don't win a book. I, I don't... I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I don't... Uh, it's no point system. It's just you... It adapts. Uh, it adapts to the choices that you make. I so, like winning. Okay. And when <laughs> so, sometimes I play like board games and um, like Mark and William and that, they've got some of these like collaborative games or these ones that are like more around storytelling or whatever. The first thing I ask them, how do I win this game? And they go, no, Dan, it's we're going on a quest together or something. And I'm just like, <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to crush you under my fucking thumb. I imagine doing like a young one, just pouring booze over it and setting it alight. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even play it. Yeah. Just ended it. <laughs> right, I'm off. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not quite. It's not quite like that. Um, but it was good. It's. Uh, it was. Uh, I quite enjoyed the story of it and the look and all this stuff, the style. It kind of it went a bit, it fell a bit flat at the end, but um, it was all right. And then uh, I've been playing Link's Awakening the uh, on the Switch, the new version, however you want to call it, remake, I suppose, which is really super cute. And I've been playing that um, with my daughter. And when I say playing with my daughter, I mean, like, she just watches me play it. <laughs> she just sits there and watches. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we're doing it together. And it's like, oh, she's just actually just watching me do it. Um, and, and if that's people it, want to sit and watch you do it, they can do so on Twitch, right? Yeah, so I set up, that's a good point, actually. I think I did speak about this last week, but um, yeah, I haven't put up anything yet. I just haven't had time, basically. But yeah, twitch.tv slash Legasik, L-E-G-A-S-S-I-Q-U-E. It's in the link in the description as well. And um, yeah, you can go there and watch me do a bit of gaming. I'm still, do, I'm planning to do more of this Harvester game, which you'd fucking love, Dan. It's great. And um, I'll do some music stuff as well. Uh, as and when I get the time, basically, I just haven't had a chance to do it. Um, and yeah, and that's basically it. Like, and randomly, I've gone into a bit of a Smiths um, revival in terms oh, of music. Yeah. Um, no real reason. I just fancied, I was like, I put on some Smiths. And then I've just gone down that rabbit hole. Um, Maybe because it's getting a bit gloomy. gloomy yeah, outside. true. <laughs> true, good point. <laughs> um, but yeah, what have you been? Have you been playing anything on your um, Mega Drive Mini? I, and I happen to have the box here. Yeah, I've been doing a bit of gaming. Um, of all the games here, yeah, I've got obsessed with 
Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. I remember that from the, I haven't played it since it came out, but I remember it at the time. I love those um, like Tetris style kind yeah. of puzzle games. Oh my God. I didn't, I didn't play it when it came out at the time, but I just found it so addictive. And the first level is so easy, obviously, to get you, Logs you in. into the, yeah, into understanding how to play it. And then the second, it's just like so hard. It's really, really hard. It's just like stupid. If you can get past that, then the third level's much easier. So it's mm. just like, oh. But I'm stuck on this like weird pig on wheels now. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm obsessed with that. I've got to finish it. What else? I, I, I did do um, Streets of Rage 2 because that's like my favourite. Yeah. And I went through and completed that with Skate. Um, yeah. But I did have to use my continues. So I'm yeah, going to have another crack at that, see if I can do it with Axel. Yeah. Axel was always my favourite. It's a bit cheesy to say that, but it's true. Well, um, it's the best has he, got three? has he got Streets of Rage 3 on there as well? No, two. only two. So I do, yeah, I want to get one and three. I'm actually talking to um, a friend of mine about how to sort that out. Yeah, yeah. I remember I had three as well, because three you were, could have been the woman as well, if I remember rightly. Oh, she's in one and oh, two. she's in one and two as and well. And three, yeah, Blaze. Uh, who was in three that was different then? Dr. Z. Oh my God, that does ring a bell. He's got like a big white droopy mustache and he's kind of like blue. And I think he does some sort of like electricity move. Oh God. I never had Streets of Rage 3. I think I just played it a few times. Hmm. I think I think we had it. Yeah, my maybe, brother. I, maybe that's yeah, when I possible. played it then at yours. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Um, um, music what, wise, what have you been listening to? Um, I've been listening to... I'm kicking off just now, actually. It's probably just gone live on YouTube. Um, a Beach Boys series mm-hmm. on my like Dreadful Discs channel. Mm-hmm. So that was part of the reason of starting it, actually. It was primarily I just wanted to talk about the Beach Boys. <laughs> so I'm going to go through my whole collection, like, chronologically. And as I go, I'm going to, like, show off the record, but also talk a bit about, like, the background, the recording history... Uh, what was recorded but wasn't released, what some of yeah. the best songs, check out, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, so I've been listening to the really early stuff from before they were signed, mm-hmm. like their earliest demo sessions, and I've got them on like one like really dodgy budget bootleg album. Right. So I had a chat about that. Nice. Um, and then I got really excited about Paul McCartney because... Um, He's right. got this album coming out. I've pre-ordered it, McCartney 3. Okay. And McCartney and McCartney 2 are really, really good. Two of my favourite albums by anyone. Um, Jesus. So I did, do, I did do a video on McCartney about a month ago. Um, and so I've been listening to McCartney 2 quite a lot, getting pumped up for McCartney 3. Um, and He's yeah, part, just, of the, part of the new Nirvana. He, yeah, <laughs> he is. It's good. I quite like that song. Did you like it? No. Oh. <laughs> Too sacrilegious. Yeah, one, I didn't really like the idea of it. Yeah. I didn't want it to happen in the first place. I know there was this whole <laughs> thing when like Nirvana, not to sorry, go on a ta- tangent, but when Nirvana reformed and everyone was like, ooh, what are they doing? But um, yeah, when they did like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, <clears throat> which I don't think Paul McCartney was at, but when they did it with different people, whatever, and I think it was, they had all female... Um, artists oh, up front yeah. but they then they did a few they've done a few other shows whatever and each time i watch it i'm just like it's just dreadful 
like Dave's fine, like Chris is doing his thing, but I'm just like, just every front man, I'm just like, nope. <laughs> or front woman, I should say. Like, you know, I think we talked about it before when Kim Gordon did aneurysm or whatever. Yeah, that wasn't good. And it was like, what is going on? Like, I know she's like old and stuff and, <laughs> you know, and she's never, she's not known for like her amazing singing, but I was like, it's like she's doing this as a joke. And then yeah. it was, it was St. Vincent did some other stuff and they had, um, Lord. Yeah, Lord. That uh, was really bad because she sounded a bit kind of like strokey. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of her thing. To be honest, I thought she was the best out there. Uh, maybe not. Maybe St. Vincent oh. was the best. That's kind of a thing. But um, I was going to say, who was it that did Teen Spirit? It was the um, one from uh, Ch- 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 Cherry Bomb guitarist. Oh, Joan Jett. Yeah, Joan Jett did Teen Spirit. And it was just like, ugh. It's just, you know when you're like watching a shitty cover band or something? Yeah. It's like, oh, no, wait, this is actually Nirvana. These are the original members of Nirvana. Um, uh, it's just like, ugh, bloody hell. Who the one that, that I didn't like. Saw that was all those, that was um, supporting, maybe they were supporting Mets actually. And um, it was an all female band. I can't remember what Nirvana song they did, but they ended on it. Do you remember? Do you remember what I'm talking about? They did aneurysm and it was. Um, oh, they did the aneurysm. Oh, I can't remember what their name was. No, they were. Feels? All right. They're called Feels, I think. Yeah. And I, I started following them on social media, Instagram or whatever. And in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and that lead singer, she is the daughter of Alan from Devo. Really? Can you? Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Yeah, it makes sense. You know, that's how people get signed to these days. Yeah. <laughs> um, but sorry, yeah, you were talking about Paul McCartney. So McCartney too. I don't know what you think of uh, Paul McCartney. I don't know any of McCartney's solo stuff. Didn't really listen to Wings. I don't really listen to much of the Beatles. So, uh, I mean, people, this is the one, people have a general impression of him, I think, of being a bit kind of like lightweight, sappy pop kind of guy. Um, and this is the one I usually kind of play to people to challenge their opinion of him. Um, mm. It's really kind of... A, experimental and he was on a bit of a break and he basically uh this is recorded in 1979 and he basically got a ton of synthesizers and he set up some recording equipment in his house and it's a genuine solo album and he's just tinkering around with all these synths and making these really like really eccentric uh songs yeah um and some of it's quite progressive actually like some of it, it's aged quite well. At the time, a lot of people said, oh, this is just like novelty and, you know, anything that wasn't Beatlesque was seen as an offence against like his legacy. Yeah. Um, but I think it's looked on a bit more favourably now because obviously all those synthesizer sounds, um, people people like it, you know. And you can listen to some of it and go, my God, that's like a chill wave song. Because obviously that whole <laughs> yeah. genre looks back and it tries to emulate these kinds of sounds. Um, but sometimes it is just him kind of doing some really like throwaway stuff, like uh, like it's like a rock and roll blues jam. But it sounds mm. kind of cool because it's on these like weird splodgy synthesizers and there's like weird samples and things. Um, I just think it's a, it's a fun album. I really enjoy okay. it. So anyway, I've recorded a, a video on that, so that's going to be I'll probably uploaded that on Saturday or something. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, again, the link is in the description um, if people want to uh, go and check it out. Um, okay, the other thing that, is to see. Mm. You know, I, I picked that up a few weeks ago. Yeah, 
Have you one been of your, one of your favourites? Yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think that was my number one. Is it? Uh, yeah, I think it was actually. I think it was my number one. Yeah, yeah. There's two it? songs on there. Yeah, having listened to it now like three or four times, I'm really, I really love it. Mm, and I think yeah. there's two songs. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah, one on each side that really leap out and they're really fantastic. That's good. Yeah, I don't know any of the actual. This is, a, I think, I was saying this at the time. I was like, I just don't very rarely look at song tracks anymore, especially if it's not got the fucking you know, lyrics in it. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> if the title of the track isn't in the lyrics or the chorus or whatever. I very rarely remember it. Um, yeah, that's a really good. You got it on vinyl as well, didn't you? Yeah, it's cool. So that's like grey marbled vinyl thing. Yeah. yeah, I need to dig all that um, back out actually. And JSOM as well, since we spoke about it last time. I need to, I'm going to listen to all that stuff again. Because, um, yeah, I've just been listening to Smith's and Tears for Fears. See, in preparation for the next one, our next episode. Oh, um, is there anything else you kind of wanted to um, chat about? No, I think we should dive headlong into Tears for Tears. Fears. Right, well, we're going to do that now, but for you guys, that'll be in a couple of days' time. That'll be this Sunday. So, um, as always, uh, come and take a listen. Hope you enjoyed listening to us shoot the shit, as it were. And uh, see you on Sunday. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to a newwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at a new winter, Twitter at a new winter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash a new winter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. 